Shalom Alechem, peace be upon you. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we're resuming our study in the book of 2 Samuel. Uh, we're ready for chapter 14 uh, and 15. And that's probably as far as we're going to get this morning based on how much time we have. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but basically what we're starting to see is that fallout. Um, David was told, um, well, he was told two things. Number one, he was told that what he did in secret, his judgment was going to be that God did it in the open. Okay, and we see the results of that happening in chapter 16. I don't know if we'll get to it this morning. It might be next week. The other thing is that the sword would not leave his house. And so what we're starting to see is this big issue with his son Absalom. Now Absalom has fled because he killed uh, Amon for raping his sister. And so he's left. Uh, you know, he conjured up a big thing and... and uh, now he's he's fled. So what we're going to see is basically this forgiveness that David will extend to Absalom. He will come back to Jerusalem. But then he will start to jockey for the kingship. And chapter before we're done, we're going to go from David extending an olive branch basically to his son Absalom to David fleeing. And it just takes a real big turn for the worse. And we're seeing kind of the fallout of that sinful choice that David made with Bathsheba. And now the sword has not left his house and he is dealing with the aftermath of all this. And of course, this isn't all like within five minutes. This is, what, this is the thing. Sometimes it's years down the road before we pay the piper, so to speak, before we answer for either sins that we've committed or we reap from seeds that we've sown. We think, ah, nothing happened in the last week. I must have got away with it. Not the case. This is developing in David's life over a period of years. And uh, we see how it's uh, shaping up. So, uh, short on time this morning, so without further delay... Let's just jump right in. Chapter 14, 2 Samuel, I'll be reading from the King James Bible. Let's begin. Verse 1. Now Joab, the son of Zeruiah, perceived that the king's heart was toward Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekiah, and fetched thence a wise woman, and said unto her, I pray thee, feign thyself to be a mourner. And put on now mourning apparel, and anoint thyself with, and anoint thyself not with oil, but be as a woman that had a long time mourned for the dead. And come to the king, and speak on this manner unto him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. And when the woman of Tokoa spake to the king, she fell on her face to the ground, and did obstinance, and said, Help, O king. And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, I am indeed a widowed woman, and my husband is dead. And thy handmaid had two sons, and they strove together in a field, and there was none to part them, but the one smote the other and slew him. 
And behold, the whole family is risen against thy handmaid. And they said, Deliver him that smote his brother, that we may kill him. For the life of his brother whom he slew, and we will destroy the heir also. And so they shall quench my coal which is left, and shall not leave to my husband neither name nor remainder upon the earth. And the king said unto the woman, Go to thy house, and I will give charge concerning thee. And the woman of Tekiah said unto the king, My lord, O king, the iniquity be upon me, and my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. And the king said, Whoever saith aught unto thee, bring him to me, and he shall not touch thee any more. Then she said, I pray thee, let the king remember the Lord thy God, that thou wouldest not suffer the revengers of blood to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. And he said, As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of thy son fall to the earth. Then the woman said, Let thy handmaid, I pray thee, speak one word unto my lord the king. And he said, Say on. And the woman said, Wherefore then hast thou thought such a thing against the people of God? For the king doth speaketh things as one which is faulty, and that the king doth not fetch home again his banished. For we must needs die, and are as water spilled in the ground which cannot be gathered up again, neither doth God respect any person, yet doth he devise means, that his banished be not expelled from him. Now therefore that I am come to speak of this thing unto the Lord, the king, it is because the people have made me afraid, and thy hand had said, I will now speak unto the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his handmaid. For the king will hear to deliver his handmaid out of the hand of a man that would destroy me, and my son together out of the inheritance of God. Then thy handmaid said, The word of my lord the king shall now be comfortable. For as an angel of God, so is my lord the king to discern good and bad. Therefore the Lord thy God will be with thee. Then the king answered, and he said unto the woman, Hide not from me, I pray thee, the thing that I shall ask thee. And the woman said, Let my lord the king now speak. And the king said, Is not the hand of Joab with thee in all this? And the woman answered and said, As thy soul liveth, my lord the king, none can turn to the right hand or to the left from aught that my lord the king hath spoken. For thy servant Joab, he bade me, and he put all these words in the mouth of thy handmaid, to fetch about this from his of speech, hath thy servant Joab done this thing, and my lord is wise according to the wisdom of an angel of God to know all things that are in the earth. Alright, real quick. These first 20 verses is basically this. Joab's perceiving that David is mourning about Absalom have left, have leaving. So Joab gets this woman to go before the king, tell him this story about how she had two sons and one smote another, and now they're trying to kill the one that's left. Basically devising a similar story to what David is dealing with now, in hopes that David will finally reach out and bring Absalom back home. That's what this whole story is about, and I realize it can be kind of confusing and not maybe make a whole lot of sense. But in the end, David realizes that this story must have been conjured up by his servant Joab. And so he asked the woman, was it not Joab who put you up to this? And she says, yes, it was. That's what's going on. Verse 21. And the king said unto Joab, 
Behold, now I have done this thing. Go therefore, bring the young man Absalom home again. Bring the young man Absalom again. And Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed down, bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today thy servant knoweth that I have found grace in thy sight, my lord, O king, and that the king hath fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and he went to Geshur and he brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him turn to his own house, and let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house and saw not the king's face. Please note, so Absalom is being brought back, but he's not allowed to appear before the king. So that's kind of the deal. Like, yeah, you can come back to Jerusalem without the threat of death, but don't come before me. That's kind of the situation that we're in here. Verse 25. But in all Israel there was none to be so much praise as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his feet even to the crown of his head there was no blemish in him. And when he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it, he weighed the hair of his head at two hundred shekels after the king's weight. And unto Absalom there was born three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of fair countenance. So Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem and saw not the king's face. Please note again. The Bible's going out of its way to explain to us that Absalom was a very good-looking man. And you might think, well, why do we need to know this information? The reason is, is because Absalom is going to find favor amongst the people of Israel. And we know that the average human being looks on things of vanity, right? Looks just like King Saul. Everybody saw King Saul. He was taller than everyone else, and he was good-looking, and everybody thought, oh, yeah, this, must be a, this, is, this guy will be a good king, right? Purely based on looks instead of the heart. Not much different with this situation. The Bible's letting us know that he is a good-looking man, that he's fair, countenance, and that there's no other man in all Israel that looks like this so that you have more of an understanding of why the people might gravitate to him. Continuing on. Verse 29. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to have sent him to the king, but he would not come to him, and when he sent again the second time, he would not come. Therefore he said unto his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine, and he hath barely there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose, and he came to Absalom unto his house, and he said unto him, Wherefore hath thy servant set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent unto thee, saying, Come hither, that I may send thee to the king, to say, Wherefore am I come from Geshur? It had been good for me to have been there still. Now therefore let me see the king's face, and if there be any iniquity in me, let him kill me. So Joab came to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. So now the king has seen him. David has seen his son Absalom. It looks like everything's going lightly. It looks like Absalom's being respectful, and that this is all going to be resolved. But as we're about to see, chapter 15, not the case. Let's continue on. Chapter 15, verse 1. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared 
him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so, that when any man that had controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called out unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come to me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him absence, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Okay, please note, here's what's happening. Absalom's intercepting these people that might come to the king for judgment. And he's saying, look, the king's too busy for you, but I will give you justice. And so he's doing this and he's winning the hearts of the people of Israel. Verse 7. And it came to pass after forty years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode in Geshur and Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and he went to Hebron, but Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, and you shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. And with, Ab- and with Absalom went two hundred men out of Jerusalem that were called. And they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel to Gilanite, David's counselor from his city, even from Giloth, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel after Absalom. And David said unto all the servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee, for we shall not escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women, which were concubines, to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him, and he tarried in a place that was afar off. And all his servants passed on beside him, and all the Cherahites, and all the Pelahites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men, which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then said the king to Ataiah the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. Whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may return, thou and take back thy brethren, mercy and truth be with thee. And Atiah answered the king, and he said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely... In what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or in life, even there also will thy servant be. And David said to Ittiah, Go and pass over, 
And Atai the Gittite passed over, and all of his men, and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Zodok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abithar went up until the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said to Zodak, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus says, I have no delight in thee, behold, here I am, let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. And the king also unto Zodak the priest, Art thou not a seer? Return unto the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimaaz thy son, and Jonathan the son of Abithar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness until there come a word from you to clarify, to certify me. Zodak therefore, and Abithar, carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and tarried there. And David went up by the accent of Mount Olive, and he wept as he went up. And he had his head covered, and he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn thy counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass that when David was come up to the top of the mount where he worshipped God, behold, Hishiah, the archite, archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And hast thou not there with thee Zodak and Abithar the priest? Therefore it shall be, that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zodak and Abithar the priest. Behold, they leave there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz Zodak's son and Jonathan Abithar's son. And by them ye shall send unto me everything that you can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came unto Jerusalem. Now that is the end of chapter 15. We're going to very quickly go ahead and read chapter 16 because it just kind of goes with the story. Now remember, at the beginning of the broadcast, I reminded you that the sin that David committed with Bathsheba, one of David's curses from God for that sin was that what David did in secret, his punishment would happen in uh, in the open, out in the open. Now, if you remember, we just read that when David fled, in verse 16 here, chapter 15, it says that the king went forth and all of his household after him, and the king left ten women, which were concubines, so basically wives, to keep the house. Now, let's look at what happens. Chapter 16. And when David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant 
of Mahithrobeth met him with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and a hundred bunches of raisin, and a hundred summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. And the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine that such be as faint in the wilderness may drink. And the king said, And where is thy master's son? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth in Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine are all that pertained unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba said unto, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in thy sight, my lord, O king. And when king David came to Bahurim, behold, Thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemaiah, and the son of Girah. He came forth, and he and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David, and at all the servants of King David, and all the people, and all the mighty men that were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shemaiah when he came, when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. And said Abishai, the son of Zeriah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let him go over, I pray thee, and I will take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai, and to all the servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do to it? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. And it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shemaiah went along on the hillside over against him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him, and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary, and refreshed themselves there. And Absalom and all the people the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And it came to pass, when Hushiah the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushiah said unto Absalom, God save the king, God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushiah, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why wentest thou not with thy friend? And Hushiah said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be and with him will I abide. And again, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in thy father's presence, so will I be in thy presence. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you what we shall do. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go unto thy father's concubines, which have left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all 
Israel. And a council of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired of the oracle of God. So was all the council of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. And that is the end of chapter 16. And that is how we're going to finish today. So it goes from David welcoming Absalom back to Jerusalem to Absalom uh, winning over the people. And then David has to flee. And then he leaves his concubines behind to take care of the house. They set up a tent. And his son Absalom goes in unto David's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Just like the judgment from God said that what you have done in private will be done out in the open. Very terrible story, really. And uh, you can't help but hurt for David. And David so graciously, graciously accepts his judgment. I mean, you've got this guy who used to be a family member of Saul cursing at him and throwing stones at him. And his men are like, let's just go take this guy's head off. And David's like, no, this is, this is what I deserve. Like, the, why should we do anything to this guy? He's just doing what the Lord has sent him to do, which is to curse me. And so you really just see the complete crumbling of David right now. But it's not the end of the story. But that's all the time we have for this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for supporting the podcast. I pray that it's been a blessing to you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.